Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Aliens at the Pentagon. I love this title. Tell me more. Okay, it's uh, essentially, it is my new documentary that I put out to tell the story of, of certainly the Pentagon's UFO program, ATIP, but to contextualize that story and, and really to, to try in one documentary to tell as, as best as I can the entire story of the U.S. government's thorny relationship with this phenomenon over, what, seven decades now. Lots of people have been talking about the Pentagon, the CIA, what's been going on there. These new revelations that keep coming out, Nick, what do you think of them? They're absolutely staggering. There's no doubt that this has been the biggest single revelation in in the UFO community for, I I think, decades. The only story that I think comes close, and I would say this, wouldn't I, is the declassification and release of the British government's files. But the, the revelation that after decades of denial, the U.S. government did have a UFO program after all, and it was run by the super-secretive defense intelligence agency, um, an agency of the DOD. And, and, you know, like I say, for years they said, no, no, since Project Blue Book closed down, we haven't been doing this. There's no interest. There are no investigations. And, of course, there were. And that's what I really focus on in, in the new film, Aliens at the Pentagon, to try to try and untangle the numerous threads to this story. And there are numerous threads. I mean, we've, we've seen the videos. We've seen the talk of, of mystery metals. There are all the different players involved, and maybe we'll get into some of this, but Robert Bigelow, uh, Senator Harry Reid, Tom DeLonge. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. No, you, you can't make it up. And how do you track all this stuff, Nick? Because it, it's coming from all different directions these days. I think the answer to that one is, is very cautiously and very carefully and, and absolutely in meticulous detail, because I think the problem with this story, in one sense, for years, people have said the problem is that particularly with the government, we have too little information about what's going on. With the ATIP story, with, with these revelations, um, we almost have too much information. And I think the public, I mean, it's just about okay for the deep specialists. Uh, It's difficult for them. But for the public, I I think it's just a confusing mess. If you you think back to when the New York Times ran their their landmark story on this on December 16th last year, and then the the three videos came out, or two at first, then a then a third one. But now the public have been absolutely bombarded, and they're thinking, yeah, well, there's the videos, and then there's this rock star guy, and then there's this um, millionaire businessman, and, and 
they're struggling to see how it all fits together. And so that's, that's what I've tried to do, to take a step back and, and give people an overview of this from my insider perspective of having run a similar program in the UK. Tell me a little bit more about the film. We'll get a lot into it, of course, tonight. It leans at the Pentagon, but tell us specifically about your role. Well, I took a lot on on, on this one, and it was quite a, a divergence for me. Usually I, I just sit in the interview seat, and, and you've done this, of course, a zillion times yourself. You know, you sit in the hot seat, uh, director kind of talks to you, and you spend a couple of hours and, and answer the questions. This, and when you see the final product sometimes, you think, well, well, you know, I got edited down to a few sound bites, and I wish they'd put that bit in, and I wish they'd taken that bit out, and gosh, I'm not sure I would have told the story like that. So with Aliens at the Pentagon, what I did is I teamed up with Warren Croyle from Reality Films, and we essentially uh, had the, the idea that I would script this thing. So I scripted the entire movie. I, the, the, I wrote a nine and a half thousand word, I think it was, script for this, and, and thought, in that way, I have absolute control of this. And then... Literally, I went into a, a recording studio, you, you know, padded walls and headphones on, and I narrated the whole thing. And, and then I sat down in front of a camera and did, did parts of it to, to camera. And in that, way, in, in that way, although there is a director who's done a brilliant job of putting it all uh, together, um, Michael Long, uh, but I was very much in the driving seat having done the script. And, and in that sense, when we look at the final product, no one can, well, I can't say, gosh, this, this somehow didn't turn out the way I wanted it because I had my fingerprints on it from, from start to finish. And that's a departure for me. It's a completely new role to me. I, I, there are people, of course, who are used to this sort of thing. Uh, people like Jeremy Corbell, of course, who's just made a, a, a great movie. But, um, you know, I, I, it was a departure for me, so it took me to some interesting new territory. What are you hoping to accomplish with Aliens at the Pentagon? Firstly, as, as I say, really to try to cut through some of the, the confusion about what's been going on and just tell the complete story from from start to finish. But another thing that I've I've tried to do, and this I, I think we've probably discussed this before, but one of the big problems I think that that this field has is it we know young people are interested in, in this subject, but they don't go to many conferences and and you know it is difficult to engage with them. So by putting this out as video on demand we got it on to all the platforms that, that young people you know, watch these things on when they stream, as many people do these days. So it's on Amazon and iTunes and Google Play and Vudu and Vimeo and all those sorts of things. So the, the aim was to take this subject not, not just to the conventional UFO conference crowd, but, but to younger people. And, and another aim is, you know, it's been a year since Tom DeLonge had his 
press conference where he mm-hmm. got together with the To The Stars people. Um, and it's been nearly a year, of course, since the New York Times ran their story. I, I do sense to a, uh, you know, in some ways, the story, I think, has bogged down a little bit. So with Aliens at the Pentagon, I want to reignite this and put it back where it absolutely belongs, center stage and under the spotlight. And uh, how is this organization doing nowadays? Like, like you said, I, I'm beginning to feel as if the momentum is waning. What do you think? Uh, well, when, when you say the organization... Um, a, a, uh, AATIP. Oh, oh, right, yes. Um, well, that's a very interesting question, and the answer is no one knows. Because in, in all of this, the U.S. government has said what it always says in these sorts of situations, i.e. as little as possible. And we, we really have very few pieces of the puzzle from the government itself, which is, is pretty much part of the course. We don't, frankly, we don't even know whether ATIP is still an ongoing project. I, I think people like Lou Elizondo, who ran it, of course, say, yes, it is. It still has its mission. It still continues. He, of course, although he's resigned from the Pentagon, still has, has a, a lot of contacts and friends there. He, he says it's still going. Now, other people, I think, have disputed that, and certainly we have been told that the funding plug has been pulled. Well, Lou Elizondo says, so what? Doesn't matter. You can continue a project with, you know, using concurrent resources, which is absolutely true. Uh, but, you know, it is, it is a mystery. What I do suspect that's happened is if it is still an extant program, it has probably changed titles again. This is typical government um, alphabet soup territory. We're not even 100% sure about the name of, of ATIP. Uh, Lou has said it's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. A Pentagon press officer said one time it's Advanced Aviation uh, Threat Identification Program. And then we learned that ATIP stemmed in part from another program called Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Application Program. So it's, it's an absolute nightmare to try and uh, find out what the thing's even called, let alone whether it's still running. And, and you know that you're dealing with some pretty secretive stuff when they won't even come clean about the name of the, the program. Well, that's absolutely true, Dick. And, of, of course, uh, Bigelow, of course, is still interested in all of this. Is he still funding a lot of projects? Again, we don't know. And the problem is that um, we, we know that, that Robert Bigelow got... Um, I was going to say through through um, his his friendship with Senator Harry Reid, but that's not that's not entirely correct, and I don't want to do him a disservice here. He bid for the ATIP contract quite quite openly and legitimately, and through the the standard contractual procedure, and he got a large chunk of that ATIP work. But of course, just as the the government requires that people sign their their secrecy oaths. So Robert Bigelow and and um, his organization had everyone under non-disclosure agreements. So actually, the people involved in this work were kind of um, stung twice, so 
so to speak. They had, they had to have government security clearances, but also the commercial non-disclosure agreements. So, so again, there is a lot of this story that we don't know. And that's the other thing. In, in Aliens at the Pentagon, I've seen a lot of, you know, you pick up the, the media um, reports of this, you go onto the blogs and forums, you see a lot of speculation. I was always taught at the Ministry of Defense, you know, when I was doing analyst work, for example, and briefing, you must always differentiate between what you know and what you think. And that's not a skill that everyone practices when they, they make films and documentaries, but I tried to be rigorous on that. And, and when I'm speculating, I say I'm speculating, and when I'm not, I'm not. So... Hopefully, even though there are large parts of the story we still don't know, I'm honest about where we don't know those things. Well, absolutely. What's the bottom line here, Nick, with what your gut tells you is really going on? What's happening? Well, I, I, don't, want to, I, I don't want to get too far into spoiler territory, <laughs> but I think, I, I think one, one thing that I can say, which I think gives a pretty good summary of of what I think has gone down is that I would say there was, and I use that word deliberately, a believer faction, if I can call it that, within the U.S. government. And some of those people were permanent employees and some were contractors. And this believer faction thought that the phenomenon was absolutely real. And, and they were correct in that, of course, didn't entirely know what to think of it, didn't rule out the possibility that they were dealing with something extraterrestrial or paranormal. And actually then that believer faction became or, or certainly interacted with and overlapped with, with ATIB. And they effectively... I guess, got the chance to pursue those those beliefs and those hypotheses within government with taxpayers' money. And, and that, of course, gives us an, an interesting opportunity to find out about this, because, and I hope we'll, we'll have time to get into this later, but, but there course. is now, of course, talk of congressional hearings to, to get to the bottom of this. But but the bottom line, to answer your question, is, is that I think there was a believer faction. They made their move. They came up against some roadblocks, a couple of different roadblocks. One roadblock was they simply got to a point where, you know, they, they looked at this and, and they investigated. But because they didn't get a definitive answer, the feeling was that they'd taken it as far as, as they could. And what else can you do? The other sort of roadblock that they hit, and this is very controversial, is they hit a, I'll call it a religious roadblock, from, from some senior people in the Pentagon who, frankly, thought that UFOs and the paranormal were demonic and, and therefore didn't, didn't think we should be having anything to do with it. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.